Hey, it's Daryl. As we get started, I wanted to let you know about a new course that I just released last month, and it is called Helping Others Grow. And if you are interested, uh, I want to give you a special coupon for podcast listeners, and the code is PODCAST21, PODCAST21, and that will get you $10 off the course Helping Others Grow. If you're interested, go to gospelforlife.com, and you can find out more information there. Okay, that's it. Let's get started. Welcome to the Gospel for Life podcast. We help churches make disciples. And now, here's your host, Daryl Dash. Hey, I want to welcome you to Season 2 of the Gospel for Life podcast. And this season, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm excited about it. We are going to look at eight habits for growth. Now, I wrote a book by that name. It came out in August, but I don't want to look at it just to cover the the material in the book. What I want to do is I want to talk to a guest about each of the eight habits that I write about, somebody who's written or thought a lot about each topic. And the reason is because I really do believe that these eight habits matter for everyone, Uh, for us as pastors to help our people to grow in these areas, as well as each of us as Christians who want to grow in our devotion to Christ. So I want to begin today with the first habit, which is making time. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Reagan Rose to the podcast. Reagan Rose is the guy behind Redeeming Productivity, a website and podcast that helps Christians get more done for the glory of God. He examines the subject of productivity from a Christian worldview, and I'm very excited to have him on the podcast to talk about making time, which is really essential for every habit that follows. So Listen to it. I hope you like it. Here's a Reagan Rose of Redeeming Productivity. Reagan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Daryl. It's great to be with you. So explain to me, why are we all so busy? You know... I think that part of it is just the modern world we live in. You know, we we are so overly connected, so overly stimulated uh, in all of it seems like every technology company, every social media, every media thing is vying for our attention to, to monetize it in some way. And so I think that we are in some ways under assault for our attention and and the opportunities before us are more than they ever have been in history. But I also think that no matter when you were born or when you live or without the technology, you're always going to feel busy to some degree. And that's because we're creatures and we're not God. And I think that that's a a big part of it is we are always bucking up against our own finitude because we can never possibly do all the things that we would like to do or want to do. So it's both a human thing, but it's also our context and the two of them align to make things really difficult right now, it seems. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I would say. So, Reagan, tell me about how you started your ministry, Redeeming Productivity. Uh, I love the work that you're doing. Uh, how did you get into this whole topic and, and what made you concerned about uh, helping other people with becoming more productive with their time? Yeah, um, well, actually, my my journey started from me being a very unproductive person. When I was uh, in my, my teen years and in college and my young adult life, I was 
addicted to video games. And so I don't have a problem with video games as such. I don't think they're evil or something, but I had a problem with video games. And I found that I wasted a significant portion of some of my most energetic and, and youthful years doing things that were were pretty pointless. And, and I let responsibilities and things like that slide for the sake of, of, you know, just doing what I wanted to do. And so when the Lord got a hold of me and I started to recognize that my purpose in life is to, to bring him glory to that. He put me here for a reason. I realized I needed to figure out a way to redeem the time. And so in, in college, I started getting interested in that as the demands of life got bigger on me. I started reading about productivity, but when it really hit was when I was in seminary and the workload, the amount of reading, the amount of translations, all of that was to be honest, pretty unreasonable, you, you know, <laughs> and going through that, I realized I need to figure out how to manage my time and do it well, or I'm going to be in big trouble. And so through that process, I got really deep into productivity literature and podcasts and things. And I started to realize that there was kind of a hole there that a lot of the people that talk about productivity were, they were inserting their own beliefs, their own worldviews about what, what was the purpose of life? Why are we here? What should you be doing? And I realized that they were really stepping on things that, that the Bible has told us about. And so what I wanted to do through redeeming productivity was offer advice and, and, and stuff on productivity, but from a really a very strongly biblical worldview. I was convinced that the, the Bible is sufficient to tell us what we need to know to live lives that honor God, and that there had to be some way for us to, to get some of those principles from the Bible. And then hopefully on top of that strong foundation, use some of these things we can learn from, from people about how to, how to manage our time with software or with different techniques on top of that. So it seems like what you're saying is that uh, how we use our time is not just a productivity issue or an, maybe a, a pragmatic issue, but it's actually a spiritual issue too. Would you agree with that statement? Oh, absolutely. You know, Ephesians 5, you know, redeeming the time for the days are evil. I, de I definitely think it's a spiritual issue. And if you, if you think of time as a resource, which a lot of people do, you know, they'll talk about how time is the most precious resource then it, it becomes a stewardship issue in the same way that we talk about how we use our resources of money. And that's a stewardship before God. I think how we use our time, that's not really our time. Uh, if you want to speak technically, it's God's time that he's loaned to us for the sake of bringing glory and honor to his name. And so in that sense, it, it's not just mine to do whatever I want with. I, I need to steward that well. So Regan, I was reading a book. I don't know if you've heard about it, 4,000 Weeks. And I'm reading that right now, actually. Are you really? I'm on chapter three. That's so funny. <laughs> it, it's so fascinating because the, the premise of the book is that, generally speaking, we only have about 4,000 weeks to live, which is shocking yeah. when you think about it, especially how fast weeks go by. And he makes a point in the book that productivity can actually backfire, mm -hmm. that the more productive that we become the more demands there are on our lives. So it almost becomes like this endless uh, cycle of, of productivity. The faster we answer emails, the more we get emails, the, mm -hmm. the faster we do things, the more people expect us to do things. And so how do we escape that productivity trap of, of <laughs> maybe becoming more productive, but finding ourselves even more drained and, and more scattered? Yeah, absolutely. That, that is so funny. I was literally just reading that part yesterday morning of that book. And I loved it because he actually used as an illustration there. He talked about in 
like, uh, you know, after World War II, when all these time-saving devices were coming out for um, housewives, you know, here's the vacuum cleaner, here's the dishwasher, here's how you're going to have all this time. The promise was you're going to have all this leisure. You're going to have all this extra time. What are you going to do all day? But what happened was instead the goalposts moved that uh, instead of having all this extra time, the standards for what it meant to have a clean home just went up and the standards for what what women were expected to do just went up and i thought that was such an apt analogy because that is the case for us too if you the, even if you read a book on leadership they'll tell you to give the most important projects to the people who are already doing the most so even like even like managers and stuff at your job they know that if you become more productive they're going to give you more work and so it does happen it does backfire on us that we we become productive and we try to do more and more and more. And then eventually you run up against your limits. And so I, I think a big part of that is understanding that you have limits. And that's, that's one of the things I've, I've been enjoying about, about the book is that you, you don't have all the time in the world. Um, and I think from a Christian perspective, remembering you aren't God, he's timeless. You, you have a limited amount of time and energy. But another thing I think is just your priorities. And I, I really think the most important productivity technique that we could all learn and be better at and always be getting better at is the practice of saying no. It is so hard, especially if you start to think of yourself as a quote unquote productive person. If you, you think I can keep saying yes and I'll, I'll fit it in, I'm so efficient. But you need to learn to say no. And the basis on which you say no is your priorities, is having a firm understanding of who you are. And I think that starts with the gospel, knowing who you are in Christ Jesus, that you're, that you're standing before him is not based on what you're doing, but based on what Christ did and understanding who, how he's uniquely made you and gifted you and the, the works that he's prepared for you specifically to walk in. You don't need to do everything. You just need to be faithful with what God's given you. So I think some of, some of those are the things that you have to think through to avoid that kind of treadmill, that infinite trap of taking on more and more and more. I'm such a sucker for, you know, I, I remember reading David Allen and thinking this is going to be the thing that helps mm -hmm. me finally get organized. And, and then the Covey Franklin system, right? Like, oh man, this is going to be the thing. And it feels like I've gone through, you know, Michael Hyatt. And then, um, I mean, right now I, I've got some stuff that works for me, but we almost think that the next productivity system or hack is going to solve the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so and from what I'm getting from you and from what I'm discovering, it's it goes much deeper than that. So help us help us understand that like how do we actually get to the root issues and and it's it's more than a system it's more than a book or a hack how do we actually deal with the root issue of of using our time well yeah i i think it begins at bedrock with understanding the purpose for which god made us why did he make this world why am i here like it it sounds like you're getting to like philosophical type stuff but I really think a lot of believers, they don't, we don't pause to think about that, that from the beginning, God created this world for a purpose. And he, he made humans with a unique purpose of bearing his image of, of showing, showing forth uh, to all creation, what he is like and giving him glory. And I think if you, if you, you can know that sort of intellectually, but then you lose track of it and you start to, you start to base your life, your life on 
other ambitions and other goals. And of course, it's, it's important to have other goals and, and you know, we have to provide for our families and things like that. But all of it at root, I found, is that if I can, if I can just trace back and keep that ever before me, that the purpose of what I'm doing is to honor God, that is both focusing and so freeing in a way. Because it means that that I my my path to success, as it were, is not to compare myself to you know, how much money am I going to make, or or can I be as famous as that person, or even you know the Christianized versions of that. How how can I look better and better, or or get this kind of home or, or this kind of spouse? But really, that that what God asks for us is something very simple. It's just faithfulness. Just walk with Him faithfully, and that's how we honor him. And that we're going to do that imperfectly. But uh, I, I really feel ironically that a lot of us um, believers, when we get into productivity, we forget about grace. And that's uh, absolutely critical to understand if you're going to walk before the Lord in any, uh, in any way. Oh, that's so good. I love that because, uh, yeah, I'm just discovering, I thought it was always me, but I'm discovering everyone's got such a strong critic, inner critic, yeah. right? And, and I think that's just part of uh, the Genesis three condition we find ourselves in that we're broken and we have that voice of condemnation and the gospel speaks with a different voice to us yes. that, you know, we begin from the basis of we're loved. And, and so when we fail, there's grace and not just a little bit of grace, but grace and abundance. And that mm -hmm. extends to productivity and in every area of our life. So that's, that's such a relief. Yeah. Well said. And I think that the Genesis three thing is something that I think should color our productivity uniquely as, as believers is understanding, you know, a lot of people that come at the world and they think that, you know, it's, you have this sort of utopian view of that, you know, if I could just line everything up, it's going to be perfect. But the fact is work itself was, is cursed. Like that's a reality. And there are, there are ways we can kind of deal with the thistles and thorns of life, but you're not going to the, the picture that, that like guys like David Allen paint of like you being in this perfect state of calm, reacting to everything with, you know, mind like water is his, his big thing. Like the guy he's, he's, I love his books. I love his stuff and I love his systems, but he's a Buddhist. And so he comes at it from a different, a different worldview. I understand that I will never not in this life fully overcome all of those things because work itself is going to be hard. God made it hard um, because of the fall. And so accepting that, and it, it's not a, it's not a matter of giving up, you know, we still try to, to be faithful. We try to use our time well, but having this understanding that, Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to get it all completely perfect. It takes a pressure off of you that you really don't need to have. God doesn't, 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 doesn't think that you're going to do everything perfectly efficiently. He understands and he's given us grace because we're imperfect. I really appreciate that you've talked a lot about the importance of habits in in your podcast. What advice would you give to somebody on how to build habits? Uh, hmm. What's the best way to begin to build good habits in their life? I think they should read uh, Daryl Dash's book, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Habits for Growth. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I think we we share a lot of um, similar thinking on this uh, in building habits. Is I think you really have to start with the basics. A lot of people, what they do is they take on a bunch of stuff at once or something super ambitious. I mean, new year's resolutions at the, the, um, the constant punching bag, because no one keeps them. They're like, I'm going to go to the gym every day in 2022 or whatever. Like, and you hadn't gone to the gym once the year before, like that's not going to work. 
So I think a lot of times we start with these big ambitious things and we think, oh, I need to do all of this. But I really think it starts with basic, simple stuff. And um, that's one of the things, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, talking about uh, in your book, like some of the basic things about learning to to get up at a consistent time, get enough rest, get, get rhythms and routines of simple things into your life going. A lot of times people will, will ask me, what, what Bible reading plan should I do? And I just say, do the one, read one, one chapter, read one verse, read something every day, do the, what is the minimum thing you can do until you get that consistent and then start to build on it. And so I think the, the biggest thing is our, our, we think that it, our future self is going to be a lot more disciplined than this amazing superhero. <laughs> and we can just make promises to our future self or make commitments for our future self. But um, we really need to start simple, I think, and build from there. What would you just say to somebody who thinks that they're not very good at habits? Hmm. I think we're all not very good at habits. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, I, I, I would say that there is, the Bible speaks to the topic of discipline, which I, in my thinking, I, I've kind of put habits under the, the topic of uh, the heading of discipline. That's how I categorize them. And that that is an area that we, you, may, you may be not as naturally good as other people, but that doesn't, you might not be as good as, as someone who is naturally more disciplined and you might never be that good, but that doesn't free you from the obligation to be obedient and to to put yourself in the way of, of God's means of sanctifying and growing you. So specifically with some of those spiritual disciplines, reading your Bible, being in prayer, some people say, oh, well, I, you know, I'm just not disciplined, I'm not a disciplined person. So I'm not going to do that. I don't, I don't think that um, we should be so quick to let ourselves off of the hook with some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Sometimes we see the end product and we just assume somebody who's very disciplined has always been that way. And yeah. Uh, maybe they just started out and they've they've been at it longer. So that gives that can be defeating, but it can also be hopeful because it's like, man, they were where I am, and maybe with over a period of time, I can build that same growth in my own life. So that can actually be encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know people talk about that time bias we have. Like we always overestimate where we'll be in a year and underestimate where we'll be in five years. And I think that that's so critical when it comes to habits. Is you, you, you're blown away by when you look back five years ago and who you were and what you were doing. And it's really amazing what a really simple thing practiced over the long term, how much that changes you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Reagan, I've, I've discovered a lot of people, if you look at the stats or even if we talk with people, they, they would say that they're struggling to build a habit of, say, Bible reading. They maybe start every year, January the 1st, and they get to Leviticus or Numbers and they're like, I'm out. Or prayer. I don't know anybody who says that their prayer life is, you know, everything that they want it to be. And that goes to the people, I think, that are really good at prayer. Even they feel like they're not good at praying, that that they'd like to progress even further or they feel like they're they're weak. Speak to us about how can somebody begin to build some of these habits in their lives, like reading scripture regularly or praying because some mm -hmm. people, it just seems like all of us find it hard to differing degrees. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm no different. One of the things people, people often will write to me and they, they, it's like, they're, they think that I'm like a productivity guru. Like, no, I I'm talk about this stuff and I'm interested in it because I'm terrible at it. Like I, I have seen progress in my own life, but 
I, I have the same struggles. It's why I care about it. Cause I'm trying to improve, but, um, prayer, especially same for me. It's, it's a, it's a tough thing. One of the things that I found that works for me and has been really helpful is having a morning routine. And it's just literally carving out time that's dedicated to some of these things. And it sounds so simple, but a lot of us don't do it. A lot of us, instead of making a plan for how we're going to do a habit, we make a hope, but you're not going to do a habit unless you decide where and when you're going to do it. But most people never get past that. They, they just have an intention. And for me, even with having little kids, that's been the, the only time I've really been able to own for myself is getting up a little earlier than I would have. And that's, that's time that I used to read the Bible and to pray a little bit and having a plan for those things too. What am I going to read in the Bible? Having a list of who I'm going to pray for. Those are really simple things, but I've just found that carving out the time and having a practical plan is the only way to actually start doing those and knowing that they're going to happen instead of just hoping. And you have a course on developing a morning routine. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the course is called Power Mornings and it's a, it's an acronym for some of the things I suggest that you include in your, in your uh, morning routine, but I feature things like prayer, things like Bible reading, little time to plan your day ahead. And I just recommend anywhere from a half hour to an hour or longer. I have a longer morning routine that is, is, I don't recommend that everybody do this, but I've just found the benefit of it to be so great that I wake up very early and I spend a couple hours each day on doing this brainstorming spiritual disciplines, planning my day, having time of just peace. There's nobody, nobody's up yet. No one can buck me. <laughs> you know, I can read, I can journal that that's kind of the stuff I cover in the course is I, I try to give you literally just a step-by-step -step plan to copy and there's templates and things. And you can just, you can do exactly what I carve out, tell you to do. I give you the reasoning behind it, kind of the biblical basis for it. And if you, if you set aside this time, it, it tries to knock down all of the roadblocks that tend to get in our way with trying to do some of these things that we all want to do, but, uh, but struggle to do. No, I love that. Yeah. I think having that practical, having a brought down from conceptual to here's actually the steps you need to take can be so helpful. Uh, we learn best from other examples from seeing mm -hmm. it modeled and yeah, this is a way of doing that to learn from your experience and, and how to adapt it for our own. So that's so valuable. Maybe you don't struggle with this, but let me ask you, what about those mornings that maybe, you know, you're out too late at a wedding or uh, the kids were up in the middle of the night? And what about those mornings you fail? Do you just reduce or are you able to even miss a day and say, that's okay, I'll pick up tomorrow? What happens yeah. when you don't do it perfectly? That's a great question. And I, I have basically two strategies for that. Um, if I, if I wake up and I know that I'm tired and, but I'm awake enough, I, I kind of will make this call on the fly and I'll say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to get up at my normal time and I'm going to do this. And I'm just going to know it's not going to, it's going to be suboptimal. I'm going to be tired and it's going to be a sleepy day. And I try to do that most of the time. And the reason is it's very easy to break a habit and especially with something having to do with when you wake up your sleep routine. I just, I've just learned, and maybe this is just me, but if I wake up the same time every day, even on the weekends, it, everything's easier. I can, I, I don't struggle, even though I wake up very early because I do that on the weekends too. 
I'm fine. And I know how easy it is to lose that. So I try to power through if I can, but if I don't, I skip it. And I, I tell people this in the course too. Don't even beat yourself up. Just skip it. Sleep in. You need to sleep, but don't do it two days in a row. Mm, Just yeah. if you keep yourself to that covenant with yourself and say, I will never do this two days in a row, whatever happens that next day, I'm going to power through and do it. You'll keep the habit going because that's where it starts to break. It's not when you miss one, it's when you miss two and then it becomes three and four and five. That's where you lose it. And then months go by and you realize, wait, whatever happened to that habit? It's, we're so funny, aren't we? The distortions we have, like we think on a day where we've blown it, it's like, oh man, I may as well just never do it again, <laughs> rather than picking up the next day and going, okay, like, it, same yeah. with Bible reading, we we start and we maybe miss a couple days and then we just chuck the whole program rather than thinking, okay, let's pick up like two days later or a day later and and just keep going. It is funny. Yeah, I don't know what that is in our in our nature that makes us make us think that way, but I really think the way to combat it is just having that long view. It's just like really like just a core level of your philosophy of life. Just thinking I'm, I'm becoming a type of person and the things I do each day, make me that person. It's not about whether I did really well this day or tomorrow. It's about what was the pattern over the last however many years. And in hindsight, missing a day here and there, it's not really going to have that big of an effect. And so it's, it's not a big deal. The, the question is, how do I make sure that the habit doesn't stop? Yeah. What is the kind of big picture of your ministry? If you were to, you know, gay, I, I know we don't gaze in crystal balls as, <laughs> as believers, but if, if you were to look into the future 20 years, what do you hope will have happened as a result of, of your work and, and your ministry? Yeah. Wow. That's a great question. Um, I really, my, my goal, Daryl is I want, I want believers to bring more glory to God. Like I, I believe, like I said, with my own little kind of testimony about productivity is I, I believe that if we use our time, well, God gets more glory. And I believe that's what we're here for. And so I want to help other believers use their lives well, so that God gets more glory. And so that they, when they stand before him, they will, they will be, be glad for the life that they, they lived and, and the, and the reward that follows that in attorney. So they have more crowns to worship him with as it were. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like the long, long-term view, but in terms of the, the ministry itself, I would love to do more, more courses. I've thought about maybe doing a, a membership type thing that would allow people to, to have more accountability. That's something that I, I just keep hearing from people is they want they want to be in this with other people. And that's the hard thing. And so I, I, I just want to make more practical resources, practical things that Christians can use that are rooted in the scriptures. Uh, I really believe that the God's mission on, on earth is with believers is accomplished through the local church, but I believe that there's a way to help give some of the practical things that, that are hard for people to get at a local church that, you know, they understand the principles, they understand what they should be doing, but they need help for exactly what do I do it? And how do I find other people who are, who are implementing it in the same way? Mm. So that's kind of a, a vague and meandering answer, but that's, that's kind of the big picture. That's where I'm I trying to do. That's really good. I, I try to ask these questions of everybody I interview on the podcast. So they're, uh, but I, I really enjoy the answers. What is something that you're learning recently? Hmm. 
Yeah, honestly, it actually is probably from from that book, the 4000 hour one that's been very much on my my mind, which is ironic because it's it's a book by a, a, an unbeliever. He doesn't believe in the afterlife. He said in there and what I've read so far, but uh, I guess not learning it, but but maybe it's sinking in a little bit deeper. My own finitude, my own the shortness to all of this and specifically, what is it, Lord, that that I need to do and how do I, how do I ruthlessly eliminate those things that are, that are being distractions to me, or I feel like I need to be obligated to do all of this stuff. I know I can't do it all, but how do I make my life one that really is just the focus of it is doing those things, which God's given me to do specifically. And so I, that's something I've been thinking about a lot and, and meditating on and trying to implement a little bit better, getting rid of the extraneous things so that I can do what God's called me specifically to. What's been something that's been encouraging you lately? Hmm. Probably the same thing, to be honest. <laughs> um, that's not a good answer. But like uh, that, that idea, that the very thing we were just talking about, that I don't have to do it all. Like I know this and I tell people this, but it's encouraging to remember that this doesn't all ride on me that look, I care about productivity. I'm not going to stop caring. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not going to have this laissez faire attitude towards life. I believe there's work to be done and I want to do it well. And I want to, you know, I believe that counts for eternity, but I don't have to do it all there. The God who has given me these good work to this good work to do also has numbered the hairs on my head and he has counted the days and he's put them in front of me. I have exactly the right amount of time to do what God has called me to do. And to me, that's just so encouraging because it is true that all the things I might want to do or that the world tells me I should do that I don't have enough time for, but I know that I have exactly the amount of time to do what God's called me to do. And that, that's encouraging to me. That's freeing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You don't need to feel, I mean, Jesus said, you know, to who of you by, by worrying can add a single hour to his life. I just love that. I, I was, I was just talking about that on my own podcast recently was worrying is so unproductive, but we, we, we do that. We spend all this time as if the worrying will help as if it's going to add time, as if it's going to make things better. Um, but the God who, who feeds the ravens and clothes the lilies, he cares for us. And, uh, his his burden is easy his yoke is light you know i really appreciate your ministry i hope that people uh, subscribe to your podcast and and look at your course and and sign up for it where can people find out more about you yeah the best place is redeemingproductivity.com you can find the podcast the articles and newsletter videos all that stuff there well reagan i really appreciate your time today appreciate what you're doing and uh praying that god blesses you and your ministry same to you, Daryl. Appreciate you having me on. Mm -hmm.